shows lean left, some lean right, but we lean local and business. This is North Georgia Business Radio X with Phil Benelli. For the next hour, we will celebrate the businesses in our area and the people that run them. Find us on Facebook at North Georgia Business Radio X and online at NorthGeorgiaBusinessRadioX.com. Now, here's Phil Benelli. you target your marketing for the perfect client for you? That's one thing we're going to talk about on this week's show. Uh, joining me is a great friend, Mr. Chris Norholt, CEO of Full Media. Chris, welcome to the show. Thank you, Phil. It's good to be here. I- I'm so happy to have you here, Chris. Uh, and Chris is headed to a-, a sporting event after this for his son. And Chris, as we might talk about a little bit later, is a local sports legend himself. Man of many talents. Le- legend is a loose term. Oh, I appreciate it. Oh. But uh, tell us about Full Media. Yeah. Um, well, Full Media, and we just celebrated our 15th anniversary on April the 1st. And uh, a lot has changed over the years. We, in the early days, were doing website development and internet marketing, which for the most part for us was always uh, centered on search engine marketing, search engine optimization, managing uh, pay-per-click marketing, Google AdWords, things like that for our clients. Um, and, and so we've always sort of been in that that general area. In the last few years, we've gotten a lot more targeted. We Mm -hmm. realized over the years we were working with companies from a lot of different industries, um, and we realized that we really started to develop a lot of expertise in healthcare marketing, working with hospitals and physician groups um, and realized that that was a group we really thought we could help a lot. And so for the last four or five years, most of our new business has been around healthcare digital marketing. So managing search engine optimization and pay-per-click type marketing uh, for healthcare organizations. We still have a lot of good non-healthcare clients that we enjoy working with, and we wouldn't turn down a good client that was non-healthcare, but we have just realized that we've developed a lot of expertise and, and think we can specifically help healthcare clients. I love this. So you, you started the business in something that presumably you were passionate about, had knowledge of, and as you went along, you got more specific. And I think so many businesses, they start out and, you know, you just got to get business to keep the lights on. Yeah. But ultimately, you want to get to a place where you add the most value because that's also where the most value can be, you know, garnered in turn, in return. So how did this healthcare niche come about? Yeah. That's a great question, and and uh, we were very similar to what you described. That in the early days, you just need revenue to pay the bills. Right. And, um, we found ourselves growing very quickly. The first five to ten years, um, at one point, we had gotten up to close to fifty people. Um, but it. In hindsight, it was not healthy growth because it felt like every month we were having to hire people to get the work done, but then we were having to always find new work to pay the people that we had just hired, Mm. and you're always just – you feel like you're bailing water. Um, And so I think at some point we realized that we just couldn't be all things to all people. We had to say no more. Um, And I I think the real reason we focused on healthcare was probably just trial and error. We uh, started working with – Northeast Georgia Medical uh, Center here in town, which has been a great relationship. And like anything else, when you start working with people in 
and hopefully you do a good job. They refer you to other people that maybe are in the same industry. And we turned around, like I say, five or six years ago and just were providing a lot of service to a lot of healthcare organizations and felt like we were doing a good job in that area. And so uh, it didn't happen overnight, but we tried to start being a little bit more specific about who we wanted to work with, say no to people who Mm -hmm. uh, probably the first uh, plug that we pulled was we decided we weren't going to do any more e-commerce, working with companies that were selling product through a website, just a lot of technical needs there that we could provide, but it just wasn't a great business for us. Um, And just very slowly over a period of years, we started saying no to things that weren't a good fit. Um, and interestingly, when you when you do that, it seems like good opportunities start to become more apparent. Mm. Um, as a business owner, in the early days, it was very difficult to say no. If somebody comes along and they're willing to pay you to do work for them, um, the fear is that, well, if I pass on this opportunity, what if there's not another one next month and, right. and the spigot gets turned off? Um, But what we found is by focusing our resources and our time and attention and not trying to chase every wild goose that flew across our radar, um, we we found more good opportunities that Mm. have been good fit. So it's definitely been a good path for us. Mm. If you're just joining us here on North Georgia Business Radio X, I'm your host, Phil Benelli, joined by... The world famous Chris Norholt, CEO of Full Media. And we were just talking about getting specific and finding your niche. And it's so interesting. And one thing that you mentioned it, as it came about, you know, because some business owners, they might be thinking, how do I know what's my niche? What do I need to do? And you kind of went about it like a multiple choice question in school is that you eliminated things you knew weren't that. You didn't want to do e-commerce anymore. You stopped doing that. So you eliminate the things that were not... That's right. The best use of your time. You didn't add as much value or you you couldn't extract enough value in return. So you eliminate it. And then kind of over time, what was left was what you were the very best at. Yeah, that's right. I I think it would be very difficult for a business in the early days to know with 100% certainty that this is all we want to do. It it probably happens because maybe a little bit of luck that they just happen. The first thing they pick is, is a great fit. But in our experience, had we not work with all different types of clients Mm -hmm. and all different types of industries, we probably would not have been able to identify that we were really good with healthcare. Um, And so I do think there's a certain amount of trial and error. Business people probably have to, uh, you know, be patient with themselves Mm -hmm. to not have all those answers in in day one. I I heard a, it was, I can't remember what book this was from. I think it was maybe a Jim Collins uh, book. Uh, but he talked about the ideas of first fire bullets and then fire cannonballs. And the idea being <laughs> that you want to invest a lot of small uh, increments of time and money trying different things. And then when you find the things that you're good at, that you're hitting the target, then you can load up and fire a cannonball. Um, and so I do think there's a lot to that, that you just have to – Try a lot of things. Try not to put all your eggs in one basket too early on. And then as you get a better feel for what you're good at, what the market will bear, mm-hmm. who you can help the most, then you can start narrowing it down a little bit. I love that. And that's so, I hope, freeing for the audience. Um, and knowing that, yes, you it would be very difficult to impossible to know that exact niche right away. 
And so just embrace that. I mean, there is no easy road. You've got to fire a lot of bullets. Right. You know, right. you got to do it. Yeah. There's moments of pain. There's successes along the way. But the key thing that I want to speak to people who are maybe thinking of starting a business or making a change in their business is you just have to get started. If you hadn't started Full Media 15 years ago, you never would have had an opportunity. That's right. That's right. Or, or you could have spent three additional years researching what the best niche might be, where you want to focus. But until you do it, you have no clue. That's right. Yeah, we wrote a blog years ago in, uh, in the pretty early days of the business, and the title of the blog was Just Sell One. Oh. And mm. and uh, that was sort of how the, the group of us that started the business thought of it in the early days is we just tried to go out and sell a website. Yep. And we thought we had a pretty good idea of how long it would take. And so that's how we priced it. And then we tried to do a really good job for that client and sell a second one and a third one. And um, But to your point, if you sit around and just try to analyze what's going to happen three years down the road, there, there's just no way to know. You just mm-hmm. sort of have to wade in and figure it out as you go. Um, I do think try to keep your overhead down mm-hmm. so that you have time to f- learn those lessons and figure things out. Um, because again, I, at some point, if you're able to keep the doors open and keep moving forward, you you will eventually be able to solve problems. Um, you just want to make sure that you give yourself enough time and margin to, to figure those things out. Mm, I love it. Yeah, keep keep keeping the overhead low because you know you're going to need flexibility. So give yourself the opportunity to do that. Uh, we'll be back with more from Chris here on North Georgia Business Radio X right after this break. If you choose not to decide, you still have made a choice. Welcome back to North Georgia Business Radio X. I'm your host, Phil Benelli, here with Chris Nordholt, CEO of Full Media. And Chris, uh, before the break, we were talking about your 15 years in business, which you just celebrated, uh, 15-year anniversary. Congratulations. Thank you. And the evolution uh, of the company over that time. And there's things you have to decide tough decisions that have to be made, changing the model, changing the strategy, always refining it. As you have big decisions to make, what's your what's your process? What aids you in doing that? That's a great question. I definitely think collaborating mm. with the team. Mm-hmm. Um, we have been very blessed for 15 years to have a lot of great people, people some uh, come and go and but but just a lot of people that have made great contributions so i think trying to uh, collaborate and let everybody especially the people who are involved in the day-to-day of executing a, a particular strategy for clients for them to weigh in on how we handle those things uh, we have uh, been fortunate to have a lot of good advisors we've had board of advisors we've never really had a board of directors but i've always uh, tried to seek out expertise and and wisdom from people who are maybe a little bit further down the road. I I heard somebody say one time, find people who are where you want to be 15 years from now and ask them Mm. how they got there. Mm. So we've always tried to seek advice that way. Honestly, some of the decisions 
end up being pretty easy. The circumstances make them for you. I, I know we've mm-hmm. had a few times where we maybe tried to invest resources in a certain service offering. Um, honestly, our custom website business is an example of this. When we first got started, we had a full department that did custom websites. And over the years, we just had a hard time making money doing that. The projects were very hard to price. The big robust technical sites were very hard. Those projects were hard to manage. And we finally got to the point where it was just very obvious we weren't making money. And no matter how much we wanted to do that thing, it it wasn't realistic to do it. And so uh, now most of our custom websites are just for our big healthcare clients that we're also doing internet marketing for. So I'm not sure that was one that we were very smart. We maybe should have stopped doing it sooner than we did, but eventually the reality was we couldn't do it anymore. Right. Um, So I, I think that helped, but Yeah, I think, again, just a lot of – one thing you hear people talk about, principle-centered leadership, and that's one thing I feel like from pretty early on we were clear about what type of company we wanted to be, Um, and and that was – I think treating the the team well was always important. Mm. We never really prioritized maximizing revenue or maximizing return on – assets or anything like that. So there have been times when, you know, we want everybody to be able to leave at a decent hour. We don't want people to have to travel or work weekends. Um, We don't like working with uh, clients who don't treat our people well. Mm -hmm. Um, And so there have been times when maybe parting ways with a client was an easy decision to make Mm. because, they they were putting an undue strain on our team. Um, but I think being clear that that's the type of company you want to be, if we had a client that in order to work with them meant somebody was going to have to be on a plane five nights a week, every week, then that would be a no. Um, because, you know, we, we talk a lot about wanting people to be able to get to baseball games and get to dance recitals and things like that. And you have to balance it. Obviously we have to make enough money to pay the bills and pay everybody the the salaries they want to make. Um, but I think knowing what type of organization you want to be makes a lot of those decisions clearer. You don't mm-hmm. have to wonder, should we do this or not? If it is going to cause you to violate a principle, a principle. that you want right. to want your company to operate by, then that's probably a no. If you're just joining us on North Georgia Business Radio X, you're in for a great treat. Uh, I'm your host, Phil Benelli, here with Chris Norholt, CEO of Full Media. And uh, Chris, I, there's so much to unpack from, from what you just said. Here's a few things that stood out to me on decision making. First, you have to be driven by principles. So the focus being on who you are, who you want to be, both as a person and a company, driving what you do. And who you are has to come first uh, so you can decide on on how you're going to do the things. But one thing that really stood out is when I asked you, who assists you? You know, who do you go to for advice and counsel when you make decisions? You mentioned a board of advisors. You mentioned, you know, more experienced uh, business people. Um, but I love the first group of people that you mentioned was your team. And the people you said who have to execute whatever strategy it is, and boy, it jumped it it it, it jumped up to my mind. You know, this isn't a political show, but on the war in Ukraine, and I was reading how, uh, you know, the Ukraine military, th- there is a 
a pretty significant uh, lack of organization compared to Russia as regards the hierarchy. So in the Ukrainian military, um, you know, there are people who are in charge, but then there's individual guys that are kind of carrying out units. So there's a, there's a, or carrying out missions. There's an article in the Wall Street Journal about all these people flooding over to go assist in the war in Ukraine from other countries. And, um, they just kind of go over there and they get with some guy, like it might be Chris. Chris is, yeah. he's running this little battalion and they're going and doing their little mission, scoot scatting around where they want to go. And the Russian military is exceedingly top down. So the guys in the field, they can't decide anything, um, which is why this much smaller force, of course, with some external resources has been able to, you know, withhold somewhat this this juggernaut of the larger company but that is so wise the people who have to execute you need to ask them what's this really going to mean for us guys yeah yeah that's right now getting input from the people that are doing it every day is is certainly important i do think sometimes we think that the top down uh, structure is all bad and I don't think that's true either. Mm. I mean, obviously, if all the people in the field had equal uh, authority and decision-making capabilities as the general, it would just be chaos. Right. So there does come a point when somebody has to say, okay, we've gotten input from everybody. This is what we're going to do. And, and hopefully you have good enough relationships within the unit or the company or whatever you're dealing with that everybody knows we all have good intentions here and, and if this ends up being the wrong decision we'll figure that out together mm-hmm. and um hopefully you can keep keep egos out of it but uh yeah yeah it, it's very important to have input from people and i do think we've seen as the company has changed things change i mean we've had some people that have just been great team members and the company went through some changes and maybe we weren't a good fit for them anymore. Maybe mm. they weren't a good fit for us anymore. And sometimes when you have a personal relationship, that can be difficult because it feels like somehow they're judging you as the CEO of the company if they don't want to work together, work with you anymore, or vice versa. Maybe they're not a good fit. But in reality, I think sometimes it's probably just best for you know both sides to part ways. Those things happen. Sure. Um, so, yeah, that, I think that's been something that's been interesting. Who we were three years in and who we are 15 years in are totally different companies. And uh, you maybe have to have different skills at different times mm-hmm. in a company's life cycle. So it's always interesting to figure out. Well, I like something that you said about you. Know, there still does need to be, let's call it an authority or decision maker. So you've got to go get input from the boots on the ground get input and really value it but not everyone is likely going to agree that's great when they do but then you as a leader have to do the tough job of filtering deciphering that information following up on what needs to be followed up on and then taking it and exposing yourself to the flying bullets by stepping out and making the decision and owning it yeah that's true and owning a result owning results particularly negative ones and and praising, you know, for, for the great work the team has done for the good things. And you're doing a good job. You've been out of 15 years. Well, thank you. I hope so. Rocking that's, and rolling. Yeah, you hope that uh, that that's the hardest part about it, I feel like, is because there are so many personal relationships, whether it's within the company or clients. Mm-hmm. Um, and there oftentimes is this feeling that because things maybe didn't work out. We've had clients that are run by friends of mine who have fired us for good reason, you know, 
various reasons over over the years um, and that can always be difficult so you just try to look past that realize that you know hopefully everybody's trying to handle it the best way they can even though some of those situations are difficult and you just try to move forward knowing you did the best you could best in the moment, you, you know so we might talk some tips for that when we get back after this break on north georgia business radio x Business and friendship. How do you balance? Welcome back to North Georgia Business Radio X. I'm your host, Phil Benelli, here with Chris Norholtz, CEO of Full Media. If you're just joining us, please go back and listen because there's some great nuggets of wisdom um, from Chris in there. But we were just talking about when you're starting a business, you know, a lot of your customers and employees are going to be friends. And that's how they hear about you. They want to support you. Um, and as you grow, especially if you widen your geographical scope, but you, you know, you're going to get more just new relationships to your life as customers. But at first it is inherently going to be a lot of people, you know, and that can cause difficulties, right? Like, what do you do if you're, if your roommate from college owes you three grand for an invoice (laughs) and he's not paying (laughs) Right. to me? And I'd love to hear your thoughts to me. I think that, you know, uh, uh, communication is key. Mm-hmm. The, the earlier you address an issue, the better. Just be clear on it. And we're not always perfect on that, That's right. right? That's right. It's very hard. But what do you think? What's the key for yeah, you? Yeah, I would totally agree. I think you hit the nail on the head. I think uh, open and honest communication as early as you can. Uh, try to define the relationship <laughs> as early as you can. Mm. And, and I'll be honest, I uh, did not do a very good job of that. Uh, in a lot of different situations in the first five or 10 years of full media. Um, because maybe in the moment you think, well, I don't want to bring that up. I see a yep. red flag, but I, I might hurt somebody's feelings or that's going to put a strain on the relationship. And so maybe you sweep it under the rug and, and two years later, five years later, it probably hasn't gone away and now it's festered into an even bigger uh, situation. So I do think that to the degree you can just try to be up front. I've talked to people who are starting new businesses with, you know, partners or friends um, or, or, you know, early clients. And I think to the degree you can saying, okay, here's going to be my role. Here's going to be mm. your role. Here's what is expected of me. What's expected <clears throat> of you try to get everybody on the same page. Obviously it's impossible to know everything that might pop up down the road, but I do think communication, trying to be fair. Mm. Hopefully one thing I'll say is, um, my partner, Kevin West, who was one of our founders along with me, he and I, uh, have always sort of had the idea that I, I try to look out for his back, and I trust that he's going to do the same for me. And um, I think if you have relationships where everybody's trying to look out for one another, trying to look out for the welfare of the company as a whole, um, obviously we're all you know selfish people to a certain degree, but you try to fight that and, and try to have each other's back and think about what the other person might be going through. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you can, I mean, you can't ever avoid situations completely but hopefully if everybody's trying to do that proactively and being open and honest with each other you can avoid some things oh when a key word that you said was early and i like that define relationships as early as you can and yeah i think i i I tell people all the time especially on the on the business partner size you're starting a business venture with people you're close to 
as you often, that's who it's going to be a lot of times. I, I'm the same. You, you don't want to address difficult issues mm-hmm. because you just want things to be good. You right. know, this is my friend. And the more you can clearly define, the less opportunity there is for conflict. That's right. Now, it's hard in the early days because when you start a business, if you mm. have two people or four people or six, whatever it is, everybody's wearing all kinds of hats. You right. know, one person's selling and taking out the garbage and the other person's handling finances and uh, building, you know, office management and somebody else is building the websites and whatever it is. Um, and, and that's fine. Everybody's all hands on deck and you're probably selling and it's fun and everything's going along. But you eventually do reach a point where you're down the road a little ways. And now it gets to be a little, you have to have a little bit more formal, like, Mm -hmm. here's what I'm responsible for. Here's how we're going to measure success or lack of success in that area. Um, And and to the degree you can do that for everybody, at least then everybody can agree what the rules are. Here's, here's what we've agreed that in my job function, here's what I need to accomplish. Um, and then we can decide whether we're doing that or not going forward. But in the early days, that's hard to do because you're just, again, trying to keep the doors open. When it's the Wild West. Yeah. If you're just joining us on North Georgia Business Radio X, you're in for a treat because I'm here with Chris Norholt, CEO of Full Media. Uh, and I'm your host, Phil Benelli. We're talking about the clear communication, defining roles and partnerships. And a lot of this does apply to, to uh, customers as well that you have friendships and relationships with, maybe their family, going into a business, and it's so hard. And I think of the beginning days as like an avalanche. When an av- and when avalanche happens, the snow is soft. And when it's moving, it's soft. And if you're caught in the avalanche, you're going along. You have to, to swim, for lack of a better word, up to the top as soon as you can, because once the movement stops, it becomes like concrete, and you're stuck. So... When the business starts, you're just getting knocked around like an avalanche, and it's it's all going so crazy and fun. But once it gets to the point of settling, yeah, you've got to establish those roles. And that's just a good point. And at that point in time, as everyone's been rocking along, hopefully you're having a clear idea of who's best at what, who enjoys what. Right. Um, right. And I do think it applies to clients, too. We're talking about focusing on we were before talking about how we've focused on specific industries. But I think also the services that you provide. Mm-hmm. These are the things that mm. we do. We can help your company with this. But if you need something that falls outside of that, going back to the idea of defining the relationship, maybe we can't do that for you. Um, in the early days doing website development, because we had technical skills, we would have clients that would view us as their IT people, that we were going to come fix their computer. And honestly, in the first few years, some of my friends, when they would have a need, we would try to help them with those things. And I remember the first time I told a, a friend of mine who owned a company, I said, you need to call your IT guy about that. And he said, you are my IT guy. <laughs> and I said, no, we don't do that. That's not who we are. And you know, he's actually, we're still working with him all these years later. So it was fine, but it was a little bit of a, we had to redefine right. who we are, how we're going to work together. Just because we did that for you two years ago, doesn't mean that we can continue to offer that service. Um, so those can be hard conversations, but you're better having it than waiting. Oh yeah. And the, the key word you just mentioned is service. I mean, ultimately you want to serve, uh, you want to add the most value uh, and you're going to get 
compensated the most if you do that. And you're, you want to serve the best that you can. So in order to do that, you've got to serve where you are best and your areas of strength. And then in areas where maybe you could just marginally service a need or not that well at all, or you're not excited about it because it is not profitable for you, then you can be a resource and share, hey, here's where I would recommend you go to get that. That's right. This is what we do. That's right. To do it the best, we can't do that. That's right. And when you think about it, our our system, in the U.S. at least, really rewards uh, specialization, mm-hmm. I guess. When you think about the people who are the highest paid and the highest demand, it's usually the people who's are the most specialized. The highest right. paid doctors are the super niche brain surgeons versus somebody who's maybe a little bit broader in their expertise. Um, and again, that can be a scary thing when you're running a business because you don't want to turn down business opportunities. But I think over time, if you can specialize, there's a lot of uh, benefits to it. You know, I've often thought of you as a neurosurgeon of digital marketing. Oh, wow. So okay, yeah. this makes so much sense now. That <laughs> We've come full Chris. circle. Wow. We, We've come it full just circle. makes so much sense. <laughs> Man. Um, I would just say to the audience out there that it, uh, on another note, this is just very useful along with that clarity and those clear expectations. Again, so much in any relationship, so much dissatisfaction is just from um, uh, differing expectations. Mm-hmm. You're not meeting my expectations, but... Uh, you don't even know what my expectations are. So clarifying that and the more, again, you can put it in writing and your operating agreement and whatever and your mission, whatever you do, get it all spelled out. Clarify, clarify, clarify. You'd rather have that little bit of pain and discomfort initially than that exponentially larger pain and discomfort later. So we're going to head into a break. Uh, Jump back in to catch us with Chris Norholtz on North Georgia Business Radio X. Welcome back to North Georgia Business Radio X. Here with a great team builder, CEO of Full Media, Mr. Chris Nordholtz. Uh, Chris, as the business has grown and evolved over 15 years, we mentioned, you know, at one point you had 50 team members. Now you have lists, you have this more refined niche. Um, but what do you look for in, in, in team members to have with you? Yeah, that's a great question. We, I'll say this, I don't know that you can teach somebody to agree with your culture. Mm. In our experience, Mm. typically you find people who maybe naturally fit with your culture. Um, I would define our culture, we are very team oriented. So I was talking a little, little before about people who want to be part of a group of people. We don't have a whole lot of, hopefully we don't have any cutthroat competition of people trying to beat one another out for uh, promotions and things like that. It's a very collaborative environment. Um, So, but I think that if you have somebody who maybe naturally doesn't jive with 
mm-hmm. your culture, it's very difficult to build a team around that. I heard somebody say just recently that really all the culture is is how you behave every day, mm. how an organization or family or whatever it is, just how you consistently do things. So you can put out a lot of core values and mission statements, but if you don't actually live that way every mm-hmm. day, um, then that's probably not your culture. And so while we do have a mission statement and we do have core values. And when we first hire somebody, we talk more about those things because we, that's hopefully a quick way that we can communicate to them what we want to be about. I have found that once somebody's with us for a little while, you don't even really have to talk about that a whole lot. We still will try. We have a company wide meeting every two weeks and we'll typically do a win and and usually it rotates. The person who got the win last time will give the win this time. And we try to reinforce this person did this thing that lived out one of our core values. Um, but in terms of building a team, I, I think that's really the biggest thing is just finding people who want to be part of something that agree on how they want to treat each other, how they want to treat clients. Um, and then from there... You're, you want to have systems in place mm. that enables people to sort of know what the expectations are, some of the things that you talked about before. I love that. Um, the culture is how you behave every day. And what you said in, in some slightly different words was that, you know, although you do have these things, mission and values written down, they shouldn't really need to be written because they are experienced and felt. When you join a team, you know, the, the culture just is what is, you know. So I don't have to tell you, hey, here's the culture. This is what you experience today. Well, they're going to experience what the culture really is. Right. And um, and it is important, as you mentioned, to kind of share the culture um, and what it is with people as they're joining the team so that they know what they're getting into and, and you can decide, hopefully, if this is a good fit for them and you are not but then yes celebrate the wins that are tied to that of hey here's where our culture was lived out it's awesome you know our, our ideal culture what we want it to be right and, and i think too that as i talked about earlier we want to treat people a certain way i i want i don't want people to feel like they have to watch the clock i'm not going around it five o'clock to see who's still sitting at their desk. We're pretty open with people that if you need to leave because you have to take a child to the doctor, you have something, do it. Like we trust that you're going to take care of our clients and be available when people need you. Um, But we just trust people to do the Mm -hmm. right thing. And I think that is hopefully the company treats individual people well and the individuals within the company treat each other well, then there, there doesn't have to be a whole lot of rules. You know, I think mm-hmm. I tell, I tell my kids, if we have to have a lot of rules, then we're probably messing something up. You know, you, you treat people the right way. You kind of know what you are and aren't supposed to do. Uh, but if you're having to list out a lot of detail about how to handle every situation, then you probably miss something somewhere else. So mm, I love that. I also love, uh, the every two week team meetings. That's solid. Uh, if you're just joining us on North Georgia Business Radio X, I'm your host, Phil Benelli, here with CEO of Full Media, Mr. Chris Nordholtz. Now, Chris, I made a little promise 
going at the start of the episode, or, or I hinted that we might talk about what to me is your your legendary sports career, because I do think that the competitive nature and dedication, the team uh, aspects, uh, and the preparation required to be successful in sports, is a great precursor for building a business, being on a team. So tell us a little bit better about your uh, your sports career. Well, legendary would definitely be an overstatement, but I appreciate it. I get you to come talk to my kids. They, um, but yeah, I grew up. My dad was a basketball coach. My dad mm. was actually a great, great basketball player. Played professional basketball back in the sixties. Oh wow! And, um, but so I grew up the son of a coach and played basketball games with high school and went to the University of Georgia and played basketball there. Um, and always thought that I would get into coaching and, and really thought, well, I'll just get into business for a few years just to try something different before I get back into coaching. And now it's 30 years later and I never, never got back into coaching. But I do think there are a lot of similarities, like you say, the maybe going back, talking about the culture, the commitment to the team mm-hmm. first, that mindset that um, everybody wants to be successful individually. But the best way to be successful individually is to be to help the group be successful together. Mm-hmm. And I think that's you know one of the things I enjoy the most about business, um, commitment, hard work. I mean, all the lessons that you learn through sports. Growing up, my daughter has uh, always been into dance, Gainesville Ballet Company. That's always been what she's done, and so that's not competitive athletics. But it's interesting having watched her mm-hmm. learn all the same lessons through ballet mm-hmm. that you or I might have learned through sports. So um, yeah, I do. I think there's a lot of a lot of similarities. Uh, the the biggest of which probably just being part of a team. Part of a team. And I would say that you you did what you plan on doing because you are coaching. You're coaching a team every day. Yeah, that's interesting. You yeah, know? I, I probably haven't thought about that. But yeah, I think there's a lot a lot to that. Um, it, in business, obviously, it's a little bit harder because we don't always have that scoreboard. You wonder. Mm-hmm. I mean, we sort of think our financial statements are a scoreboard, and to some degree they are, but there's a lot more to it than that. And so you sometimes you wonder are we really winning? Like some days it feels like we are, some days it feels like you're not. Um, But I do think just working with a group of people, that's the thing I've enjoyed the most about business is being part of a group of people and just trying to figure out how can we be successful together going forward, however we define success. Again, it doesn't necessarily mean having the most money in the bank. It might mean making a good living while you also had the flexibility to see your kids every day or however you define it. Um, but doing that with a group of people over a long period mm. of time is very gratifying. Mm-mm-mm. And adding value. And at the end of the day, the scores that you're piling up by leading your business are really so much more important than the score on a scoreboard of a basketball game because you're helping people to have flourishing careers uh, while having flourishing families. You are helping people get life-saving care because your niche is health care. Yeah. So that scoreboard, I, I would think more of the, the finances of the company is like the Gatorade. The scoreboard is the impact that you're making. That's how you're winning. Uh, but you just have to have, the, you have to have enough Gatorade so you can play the whole game. Um, and That's so good, yeah. you're doing it's like hard, that. Yeah. It's hard to, to, to measure it, um, you know, but you, you have anecdotal uh, stories of, of – from your customers of how much they appreciate it and stories of how you've impacted um, employees. 
So yeah. it's great. Yeah, I appreciate that. It's uh, it's it's sometimes you have to stop and remind yourself of that. It's easy to get discouraged sometimes, but I think if you are clear as a business owner or a, a leader within a company, if you're clear about what is it that we're trying to get out of this, and and then you can be honest with yourself of are we doing that? Mm-hmm. Are we serving people? Are we uh, treating people well? You know, h- however you define success. Uh, you can you can see that that's happening over a period of time. So again, it comes back to clarity. Mm. Well, Chris, I've one thing I've really appreciated so much. There's really just some gold in in this episode. So if, if you've joined us here at the tail end, go back and listen, please do. But your humility and just in that, hey, look, I've been working on this 15 years. I've made plenty of mistakes, you know, yeah. and. Here's what I do different. Here's what I've learned. And we appreciate that because our audience is going to gain so much from that. So hopefully they can not repeat some of the mistakes you and I have made. But Chris, thank you so much. Um, CEO of Full Media here on North Georgia Business Radio X. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Phil. You've been listening to North Georgia Business Radio X with Phil Vanelli. What local business do you know that should be highlighted on our program? Let us know. Just search North Georgia Business Radio X on Facebook or contact Bo at businessradiox.com. See you next time and remember to support our local businesses. <laughs>